There we go. We are officially live. Welcome back, dude, to another episode. Yeah, mate. Looking forward to round two with James Cart. This is this is going to be fun. So, guys, for those of you who haven't um, uh, seen Josh and I jumping on and having a chat, first of all, Josh is the CEO here at JCF, so he pretty much runs the shots, uh, run, run, runs the show. I just uh, come up with crazy ideas, and then Josh does them all. So we just decided we we're gonna uh, we're gonna jump on the tours. We're gonna chat, and Josh is gonna pick my brains about certain things, and and we're gonna discuss a lot of topics that I necessarily like wouldn't think of. One of my biggest weaknesses is um I've know I know a lot of stuff. I've done a lot of things over the years, but I don't necessarily think of it a lot. It's like one of those things where you like you've forgotten a lot more stuff than what most people know. Um, and so that's where I'm going to just get Josh to come in and like bring all of that stuff out. And then hopefully it provides some benefit for you guys. So yeah, this is Josh and he's pretty cool. He's not bad, <laughs> even though he's a Kiwi. Ah, yeah. All the sheep were consensual. We, we, they were consensual partners. We do our best over here. We treat things well. We treat things well. <laughs> Give them nice gumboots. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, mate, like I'm excited because as you said, like there's a safe behind in between those two is somewhere in there that has a lot of good information locked away, like in the relationship front, in the health front, in business, like there's a, there's a lot there. And last week we touched on a few things like, and, and specifically actually a few books that you had read. And I was, I was wondering if one, if there's like a founding principle that you kind of have now in your life, like I know you touched on the idea of, like the the deep deep stuff last week but is there anything that you've kind of built in now where you're like yeah this is a pretty good philosophy that i have for life right now that's keeping me happy keeping my business going something that you have like almost that you put over everything that helps you make a decision yeah, yeah. the first thing is number one you need to have absolute clarity on where you want to go if you're lost and you don't have a clear direction in terms of the money that you want to make the job that you want to have the relationships you want to have with your partner kids the people who are most important to you with the way that you want to look, the way that you want to feel. If you don't have that, you're fucked, right? And most people don't have that. I was talking to a good friend of mine just the other day uh, and we we're talking about, you know, relationships and all that. And like he's kind of going through this whole phase now of, you know, sorting his shit out and figuring out like what type of man does he want to be. And um, uh, he was talking, I, I asked him, I was like, well, what do you want, you know, in a partner? What do you want in a career? What do you want in all this sort of stuff? And he said, mate, to be perfectly honest, I don't know. And like, well, dude, how can you ever be happy in something if you don't know what you want? And uh, my, my philosophy is this. Um, if we look at where we're at like these days as a society, what we're doing, we're regressing in a lot of ways, right? You see some of the fucking shit that people complain about right now. It just shows that a large portion, portion of society is regressing in a big way. Um, and I think the reason is because we don't actually ever spend any time with ourselves. We don't actually know who we are. We don't know what we want. No wonder all these little whinging little bitches are just complaining about things left, right, and center. If we, if we look, the majority of people just complain and very few people do. Uh, it's the reason why Greta Thunberg is popular, like we talked about last week, where Greta Thunberg is popular and the dude who's actually cleaning plastic out of the oceans, nobody knows who the fuck he is, right? It's because we're so conditioned to complaining. The reason why we have this and the reason why so many people are stuck in this situation is because they don't, they don't know who they are. They don't know what they want. If you don't know what you want and you're totally lost, of course you're going to complain. Uh, 
we need to step number one, figure out exactly who we want to be in every single area, how we want to act, how we want to think, all those, like every single part of our life, we need to be crystal clear on that. And then after that, we need to look, okay, this is where I want to be. This is where I am right now. How do I need to act in order to get from here to here? And this just simplifies everything. Uh, For example, a lot of people used to ask me, you know, James, how do you stay, back when I was bodybuilding, they used to ask me, you know, how do you stay motivated to keep dieting and training the way that you do? So like when I was training and bodybuilding, I wasn't the most talented. I wasn't using steroids. I wasn't like doing a lot of the things. I didn't have a lot of the gifts or, you know, the special supplements that a lot of the other guys did have, but I still was winning like everything. And the reason why I was doing that is because I dieted better. I trained better. I worked harder and I was more consistent over an extended period of time. And it was really fucking boring. Like I was the most boring dude out there like ever. I wasn't exciting. I didn't party. I didn't go get pissed. I didn't go out. I didn't do anything like that. I literally would wake up in the morning, go train, do my cardio, whatever it is, eat my meals throughout the day, sleep for most of it, study for the rest of it, and then go and train again. Like that was pretty much it. That was my whole life. That was all that I did. And people were like, oh, okay, well, how do you, how do you, you know, stay so disciplined with that? Why do you, why do you stay motivated? It's like, well, it's pretty simple because I want to get to here. I'm here right now. This is what I've got to do in order to get from A to B. And when you make things binary like that, it becomes really, really easy. The most difficult thing for the human brain is to have gray area. Whenever we have gray area or ifs and maybes and stuff like that, that's where we fuck up. It's like where you see people say, Oh, like using dieting again as an example. Oh, I can have one cookie. It'll be fine. It's only one cookie. What does one cookie mean, right? One cookie is like, oh, I can just have one. I can just have two. I can just have three and four and five and 10. Same thing with like drinking, same thing with drugs, same thing with, you know, working. You know, a lot of dudes who are like want to have certain things like in their career and they make excuses for it. Right. It's like, it's, oh, it's only, only one day I didn't do my, do what I needed to do. It's only one little fuck up. And like when we have this gray area in, you, you never crack a little, you always crack a lot. And so the more binary we can make things, it's like, yes, I did this. Yes, I no, I did not. The more binary we make it, the easier it can be. And it makes things really boring. And the cool thing about boring is boring is effective. Boring just works. Yeah. Okay. You've got like awesome points, like in terms of like what, knowing what you want. But like as you touched on, like how many guys? It starts. It starts all the way at the bottom, right? You ask it like a fifteen-year-old, like, "What do you? What do you want? What's your purpose?" Like, like but should they know? I don't Are know. You fifteen? No, nah, probably not. No, probably not. Like, right? Like, when you're fifteen, if you know your purpose, Jesus, like, yeah. kudos to you. But go out and have some so, fun, make some dumb mistakes. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna grab you on that. But like, as you get older, you. You've got this, there's this idea that we should know. This is like, fuck, like you're wasting your life away. You're, you're this long-haired hippie dude, but what are you doing with your life? Go get a haircut, go get a real job. How you talked about like having this connection with yourself and that helps you find out what it is that your summit is, that, that, we, that is where you want to go. How do you get that connection with yourself? Like what is that? What does it even look like? like anything just time and practice that's the first thing and actually prioritizing it instead of going through your phone instead of going out and getting pissed like the time for you to learn yourself and to know yourself is when you're bored right that's when all the genius things come um there's a thing in business we see all the time it's like when guys get bored they go and create stuff and the most creative people are the ones who are most bored the most bored most often 
And the people who are able to like just sit on their phone and dumb their brain down, sit down and watch TV, like won't be able to be as creative because it's just taking away that, that, that spark. When you're able to be bored, when you're able to just sit with yourself and spend that time, that's when you can start actually learning who you are. That's like without, within our coaching. Like for those of you who don't know, like what we do, we, you know, Josh and I, we work at JCF. That's our company. And so we do performance coaching for, for men and, uh, and strategic coaching for men. And we help them make more money, have better, you know, better jobs, uh, have better relationships with their partners, kids and the people who are most important to them and be way healthier. And one of the things that we always encourage everybody to do is to start utilizing time for themselves. Go see a sunset, go see a sunrise, do some meditation, do some breath work, go do a little bit of yoga, things which are going to like slow your mind down and allow you to actually focus on you and be present in the moment. Because when you're present, that's when you get like true wisdom from from within you. You know your purpose. Sometimes you've just got to find it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. It's funny though you say like the boring part. It's like how many of us actually want to be bored? How many of us go, oh, what an opportunity I've got here to be bored? Yeah, I think I think that more of us want to be boring than what we would normally think. I was actually talking, I was talking to Sackle, like what the CEO, he's not CEO, what's he now? Chairman of Sales Sniper, right? Whatever he is, right? And one of the found, founders of Sales Sniper. Sales Sniper is a really big sales company. They're crushing it. Inc. 5000, like really, really legit company. And um I was talking with him about it and he said, yeah, I think more people want to be bored than what we would think on the outside because as much as it's exciting, and I was talking to one of our guys with this just recently, most of us are born in chaos. Most of us are born with shit going wrong. Like we've got parents who aren't there. We feel neglected as a kid. We feel like we've had like we've had a tough upbringing. Things are difficult and we're really, really used to chaos. And so throughout our life, we constantly chase chaos. That's why a lot of self-sabotage happens. Because when things are going so well and they are boring, we look to go and fuck it up. I mean, the, the best example is like the entrepreneur. I used to do this all the time. An entrepreneur who has a business that's going really, really well. And then it's going so well that the entrepreneur starts getting bored. So he just goes and fucking changes everything. And he turns his business, which was doing amazingly well, paying massive profits, and then just changes all the marketing, changes the sales, changes the product, changes the niche. And then, oh, fuck, oh, I've got all these fires to put out. And although it's chaotic, it's actually relieving and actually more comfortable for them, um, which is a really weird thing. But I think that because most that's of what us- they're used to. Because that's what they're used to. Okay. Yes. Yeah, because we're so comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? It's the same thing that keeps people from, stops people from changing. Um, there's lots of dudes. There was a dude on the, on the live feed last night. Um, who was talking about, uh, he, he was just, I saw his comments up after I finished the feed and um, he was talking about how, you know, he does coke and functions really well, like does cocaine and functions really well. And I was like, bro, I don't know about if you've done the same cocaine that I've done, but I don't function terribly well on that <laughs> compared to being sober. Um, and we often convince ourselves that the way that we're living right now is great. It's like the people who are like um, the fat positive movement where you have someone who's like 200 kilos, 400 pounds, and they're saying, oh, yeah, my body is beautiful. It's like your body is about to shit itself, like literally and metaphorically, right? Like both, both sides of that. Um, yeah. And we've become so accustomed to being in discomfort that it feels comfortable there. And we want to say that we love it and that prevents us from changing. But going back to the original point about being boring, I think more of us would actually want to be boring. I mean, like, fuck, tell, who, who wouldn't want this, right? And please stick a, stick a hand. I, tell me if you do want this. Tell me if you don't want this. But would you be happier if you had 
cash coming in every single week with more money than what you know how to spend. If you had a job that you love doing and you were super passionate about it and you knew exactly what you're going to do and you want to do this till the day that you die, you come home to a partner who just loves the shit out of you, partner, partners, whatever, right? Loves the shit out of you. You have kids if that's what you want. Kids, no kids. Maybe you have a dog and cat who just adores you, just wants to hang out with you. You live in an amazing house where you're super comfortable. You sleep like a baby every single night. You've got so much energy every single day. You're full of vitality. You just feel happy. You feel joyous. Tell me if you would like that or if you wouldn't like that, right? Because that's a boring life and I live most of that and uh, all of that. And um, yeah, I live all of that. And minus the cat. It, I don't, minus no cat, the cat. No. I don't have the cat. I got chickens instead of a cat. But yeah, I live the boring life. And the boring life is very fucking good. I've lived the chaotic life. I've traveled all around the world and ran businesses and done all that sort of stuff and done the chaos. And like, yeah, it's fun. It's exciting. It's definitely way more exciting than the boring life. But the boring life has a different feel to it where it's just like, it's like an old pair of slippers. You ever put on an old pair of slippers and you're like, oh, oh, this is heaven right now. Like that's what the boring life is like. It's not as exciting as the new ones, but they fit really well and they're snug and they keep your feet really warm and they don't cut your ankles. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. I, I would al- almost say you're, you're old beyond your years, but uh, I can see how that's, that's a good life. I can't, ag- I, can't, I can't argue with that. I'm up for that. Like, that's, that's a good way to go, right? Okay, well then, like you mentioned, like fifteen-year-old, go make mistakes, go fuck off a bunch of stuff. I agree with you. I have to say, like the the most exciting times, yeah, skip the boring thing, have been mistakes, but I've used those mistakes to make a more boring life. What are the mistakes that you've made that you've like? Yeah, they might have been exciting at the time. Yeah, they might have been like hilarious stories to talk back on. They usually are the best stories. But what mistakes have you made and then leveraged that to create a more boring life? Well, really every single one um, because I try really hard to learn from my mistakes. Like last night, like doing jujitsu, like a guy got me in a position where he shouldn't have got me and I knew it and it fucking irritated the shit out of me. So I try, I try and make lots of mistakes but only make them once. And the biggest mistakes that have had a massive impact, which have allowed me to leverage myself is number one, first and foremost, is just get really, exactly what I said before, get really fucking clear on what you want. Number two, pay people to get you there faster. Uh, when I was young, I, I had an ego, massive ego, right? I was making good money. I was throwing cash around. I think we talked about it last time. Yeah. Lived a good life. Had, had, had a lot of fun making awesome coin when I was like 20 years of age. And I pretty much fucked it up. Because I thought I knew everything. I thought I knew more than every every other person. And if I knew that, I would be having a hundred times the impact what I'm having right now. Joseph would be a hundred times bigger. Like no, no doubt. If I just hired some mentors and just got better guidance, you can either pay with money or you can pay with time. The thing with time is though that you can't get it back. So the biggest mistake I made was not spending more money. And I spent way too much time saying, Oh, I've got this. I know how to do it. Bull fucking shit. Right. I, I have a mentor. What do I have now? I've got like 15 different mentors, right? At the moment who teach me in 15 different areas of my life. And they're worth every single penny. I get like 10 times return on the investment out of it because it saves me fucking years. I will do everything faster than everyone else just because I simply go to the best person in the world and pay them a shitload of money. And then they make me faster, make me better, which in turn allows me to make more money so that I continually grow. And like that's the difference between people who are 
financially set for the rest of their life and people who aren't is the people who are financially set are willing to be broke for a bit and are willing to pay and invest in learning everything they need to know so that long-term they can absolutely fucking dominate. Like that's the biggest difference. I coached a lot of guys and every single time the dudes who are going to crush it, who are are smashing it, they're happy to put down 10, 50, a hundred thousand dollars, $500,000 plus in order to get to where they want to be. The dudes who will never crush it are the guys who are worrying over a couple of grand. Like if you're worrying about spending a couple of grand and making yourself better and learning, you're never going to win. Like it's not me judging you. It's not a judgment thing saying you're a bad person. It's more just a fact. Like you will not win. We've got guys who've tripled their income. We've got guys who have regressed, right, that I've worked with over the years. The guys who triple their income are just like moving forwards all the time. The guys who regress are the ones who are hesitating, you know, waiting, worrying about money, fearful, scarcity mindset, all that sort of stuff. They never fucking win. I mean, like, let's be honest. Who would you rather work with? Do you would you rather work with and would you rather be surrounded by the dude who's like, oh amazing, fucking man, I'm gonna spend it. I'm gonna make shitloads more anyway. Who cares? Or would you rather be around the guy who's like penny pinching every single day, worried about every single cent? Would you rather work for the dude who's penny pinching or for the dude who's abundant? Yeah. Uh, mate, abundant such a spot on thing. Like abundance is such a key to happiness. Like that, I, I, I see the two linked together and the people that I want to hang around. But you, you nailed something really important there. And I, I know people are like, okay, well, yeah, it, it's cool to make money. Like, yeah, that's exciting. But, and this is my perspective coming into JCF and being surrounded by this. And I don't know how many men get to be in a kind of environment like this. But you, having done everything that you've done, and the, the speed bumps that you've managed to skip, the chasms that you've managed to jump because of the mentors, the impact that that has had, that is like a tidal wave ripple effect, not just like obviously to your clients, but hugely to all the team as well, who then ripple effect to all the guys that we get to serve as well. So it's just, well, thank you in a way, but it's just for guys that are thinking about adding value to the world, making impact themselves. But that is one of the things that happens. You chuck a boulder into an ocean and it just ripples across your family, across your business. And that's, I think that's something that I love most about my experience with JCF is that the ripple effects throughout my life have been drastic. Well, it's, it goes all ways, right? Because if you look at our team, one of the coolest things about what we have is we have a shitload of growth-minded individuals and the way that we think and everyone who fits into our team and, and crushes it, the way that we all think is we learn from each other's mistakes. It's like one of the things that hopefully like we, we – we, well, not hopefully. We have ingrained into our culture within the team is like, number one, let's look at who's winning and who's doing really, really well. And then learn from that. And then number two, who's not winning? How are we going to make them win? And how are we going to learn from their mistakes so that we can all be better? Um, and that's like the, the biggest thing. If we want to stand on the shoulders of giants, they're the two key things, right? Learn from their wins, learn from their losses. And if we can just simply learn from everyone within our crew, learn from all of our fuck ups and learn from all of our wins, we're going to move like way faster. And hopefully, hopefully I've saved you guys a hell of a lot of fuck ups. Because I've made plenty in my time. You don't need to make my mistakes. Only one of us needs to make the same mistake. We can share. We can share all those mistakes, learn from them, move forwards much, much faster. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And actually, now, for, for those of you guys, you probably do know, like, James is going to have a baby, which is pretty exciting. Very exciting. 
Sofa's obviously a big part of this. The majority stake, let's be honest, James hasn't done a whole lot for this. but It's been tough on me, pregnancy. I also it's all about the woman, but... Yeah. But, like, lots of mistakes. We've all... Majority of us have gone through relationships. We've had fuck-ups. You're batting way out of your league. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah, it's just pretty good. How... How how did you connect with Sophie? Like, and what's been the kind of things that have, I guess, that she's taught you? Like, women are women are essential essence in men's life because they are like the sharpest mirror we will ever look into. They will reflect our greatest weaknesses back to us ten times fold. So it can be a scary challenge for us guys. Like, totally. How did how did you? Yeah, I've never told you about how we met. No, That's how did hilarious. You know? Right. So I had a fucking massive night the night before and I went to like a bodybuilding conference just supporting some friends there. And so I was not in a good way whatsoever. And I was hanging out with these awesome human beings from a place called the Peanut Butter Bar. If you're in Sydney ever, go check out the Peanut Butter Butter Bar. Everything is just made with peanut butter and it's delicious. It's just the best thing. And the, the owners of it are just the most incredible human beings. They're, they're awesome. And so I was hanging out with them. And so this little, you know, sexy little bikini model comes over and asks me to save her a brownie, right? Um, and I didn't think anything of it because I had much bigger concerns at that moment, like why my head was hurting so fucking much. Um, and so I just totally forgot. And then apparently she came out uh, at the end of the show expecting me to be there holding a, a brownie for her. And I was long gone. Like I had completely forgotten about her. <laughs> and so all I remember was um, – the ne- that day when I got home, I was, you know, nursing my wounds and a little, I got a message from this sexy little thing on Instagram. And, uh, and she says, oh, you didn't save me a brownie. And I was like, fuck it. She's hot. I'm going to go along with it. I'm like, oh yeah, my bad. Sorry. How can I make it up to you? And like within two lines, I got her out for coffee on Monday. I remember <laughs> thinking, I was like, this chick's smoking. I'm like, this is good. Well done, Jimbo. Like you must be doing something right. And so we ended up going out for coffee and I remember like, came, like picking her up that day and like, she was like, soap's a fucking attractive girl. And then she was like done up to the nines as well. So she was looking banging, like absolutely banging. I thought, you mate, you've nailed this for a chick that you have no recollection of speaking to, <laughs> no idea like what she's about or how this ended up eventuating, like well fucking done. And so I pick her up and we just go out for coffee and start chatting. But I remember, I still remember the sexiest thing Soph ever said. It was when she started talking about kids. So Soph's always been in childcare and she loves kids like more than anything. And she, she is so good with kids. Kids are like magnetic to Soph. Like they all like push through crowds to come and hang out with Soph and just to go and talk with her. Like they love Sophie. And she was talking just about how much she loved kids. And I remember at that moment discussing with Soph afterwards, she was like, at that moment when she said that, she was like, ah, fuck, I've just completely fucked this. And I'm like, that is the sexiest thing that I've ever heard. And um, and so then from there, we just, you know, started dating and, you know, she was uh, relentlessly pursuing me and then I obliged. And, uh, but yeah, then, then we started going out. Fuck, I think it took me like two weeks to drop the album. I was like, I'm head over heels for this girl. Um, and I, I was, you know, dating a few girls at that time. And I remember thinking, I was like, there is no way in hell I'm going to fuck this up. So I was like, get rid of every single other girl that I'm hanging out with. And they were awesome chicks, like really, really lovely. Uh, but I was like, this girl is like the one. And so that's how we started. But the thing that I loved about Soph was that she was really comfortable within her femininity. And what I mean by that is that 
Soph is like you've had the pleasure of meeting Soph. She's just the most gentle, kind-hearted soul that you'll ever meet. Doesn't mean that you fuck with her. She's very strong, but she's very, very gentle, very, very loving, and very, very nurturing. And for me, that was like the coolest experience that I've had in my life. I've been surrounded by a lot of masculine women, but not around a lot of feminine. What I mean by masculine women is chicks who are trying to be like power women and go and create and conquer and pretty much just like do shit like dudes. Like if we go and we look at the archetypes, just to explain a bit of backstory here, it's like the man is go out, hunt, kill, feed the family, be the provider. The woman is like nurture, care, love look after children, bring up the next generation, like all that incredible stuff, which for some reason is really diminished these days. Like why the fuck isn't being an amazing nurturing mom, like cooler? Uh, I don't know. I think it's like the coolest thing you can do. And, um, and so, yeah, like getting used to that was massively challenging for me. But at the same time, having someone who cared enough about me to call me out of my shit was huge because like, you know me, dude, like I'm, Sometimes a bit of a you know bull in a china shop, and it's like you're either getting out of my fucking way or you're moving with me, right? And yeah. having a female, like a woman, who was willing to stand up to me and slap me in a really loving and kind, caring way with only my best interests at heart was really, really tough for me. Like really, really tough because I up until that point, I never had a feeling like anyone actually cared about me, like actually cared deeply about me in my best interests enough to like say shut the fuck up, James, you're being a dickhead. And so having Soph there was hugely challenging, but also the best thing. Because if you look at how everything in my life has gone since I've met Soph, it has just gone up. And she has just been the most incredible, incredible partner. The saying like behind every strong man or every good man is an even better woman. It's like, it's totally true. There is no way in hell we would be doing what we're doing right now if it weren't for Soph. No way. No way. And so that was probably the biggest, the, the biggest challenge, having someone who actually cared enough about me to challenge me, to like really to directly and strongly challenge me. And then the second thing would be not being so masculine. So for me, you know, I went to boarding school and in order to survive boarding school, you have to be hyper-masculine in a lot of ways. Um, I played rugby. I lifted weights. I did all these things where it's just like macho man, macho man, macho man. And so pretty much challenged me to be able to be softer, to actually be capable of loving, to be able to do all those incredible things that we talk down about. It's like telling your family, I never used to tell my family members that I love them, right? Like feeling awkward about telling them that I love them, telling my brother, telling my sister, mom, dad, my granny, like all those people like not being able to tell them that I love them. And being with Soph made me so much more comfortable with being able to do that because, hey, it doesn't mean that you're weak. You actually have a certain, have to have a very high level of strength to be able to be vulnerable enough to convey that you love someone. You know what I mean? Uh, And just doing it in general because, you know, boarding school, it's like you tell another man that you love him, you're gay, right? And so I tell all of my mates now that, you know, of course, being gay is horrible, right? You know, the worst thing in the world (laughs) in a teenage boy's mind. But, um, that that was probably the, the second thing was like allow uh, challenging me to be I'm not going to say more feminine, but to be able to be more loving and incorporate that very important aspect of masculinity. I want to dive in there because femininity and masculinity, like two things that we that probably gets thrown around more in society now, but with the understanding that people think it's male, female, masculine, yeah, is male, feminine is female. 
Can you like explain, and it, it, I think it relates deeply to people kind of connecting to their purpose as well and that idea of boredom time, but can you explain a little bit more about like what what fem, what being feminine is to you and what being masculine is to you and, and how it has kind of worked in your life as well, coming to more, I, I guess, you know, balance? Totally. Uh, the first thing, um, I, I'll tell you a story. So when I was younger, I was masculine everything. So I talked about this. Like my, my whole things were sleep with as many chicks as you can, get as big as you can, shred it as you can, be as strong as you can. Uh, and like even like the drugs that I would do would mimic that, right? Like cocaine, go, 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 like that sort of stuff. Drinking, get fucked up. Like that was the whole life. Everything was go, go, go. Masculine is action, like getting shit done in the end of the day. If we look at the yin and the yang, the masculine, the feminine, the yin is feminine, yang is masculine, masculine yang is go, 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 go. Um, that's not all of masculinity, but just for a general a general idea. Yeah. Femininity is yin. Femininity is being passive. Femininity is allowing uh, things to happen. For those of you who know Taoism, the Taoist approach is a more feminine approach, allowing things to happen, being gentle, being soft, being yielding. That's the feminine approach. And for me, I was massively deficient in the feminine or deficient in the yin. This is why I had really bad anxiety, why I was prone to making stupid decisions, being very, very irrational, getting angry, losing my temper. Um, I used to be like online, one, one of my big, not hates, but my big disappointments in people is I see a lot of people of influence, uh, particularly in the online space, use that influence to belittle others. So one of the most common things at the moment to do is to screenshot something that somebody else has said online and do a post or a video saying why that person's such a fucking idiot and inciting followers to then go and roast that person. And I think it's just such a disappointment. I can understand from the marketing perspective, but fuck, like, Jesus, you're better than that. Um, it's such a disappointing thing to do. And I did a bit of that, which is one of my – That was that's actually a regret. I don't think I needed to learn that mistake. That's actually a regret. I wish I never was a prick like that because I was, I was a fucking cunt. And yeah. I didn't do it a lot, but I did it enough times. Doing things like that is when you have somebody who has no control of their masculinity, right? And they have a total deficiency in being feminine, being caring, being loving, and being nurturing. One of the things that I see particularly, like and I saw in me, was just really being deficient in the ability to love, to care, to actually look after people and to... To want to conquer, there's nothing wrong with wanting to conquer and build a massive tower and leave a legacy. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're trying to build the biggest tower in town by leveling everybody else's towers, you're a fuckwit, right? And that's what we see with most men these days. Like you look at every very powerful person who's going around, they pretty much all do the same thing. They're just trying to conquer and level every every single other person. Whether you're Nancy Pelosi and you're insider trading or whether you're, you know, some bloke who's invading another country, or you're just some, you know, person on social media roasting somebody else. It's still the same thing. It's this masculinity gone wrong. And for me, being the deficient in the feminine side and actually being able to be caring and be nurturing had a fucking massive negative part of part of me. Now, by the way, can you direct me back to the original question? So just to find the masculine and the feminine, what was the other part of it that yeah, I had? Do you think that well, like you, you mentioned, like, you know, it's society looks at women and being like, fuck, childbirth and like bringing up a kid, that's not important. We're over here, like, 
building shit. Like, this is what's important. This is why men are so important because we need to build shit. And it's like, fucking hang on a minute, mate. Like, do you think that that issue there is directly related to the fact that we struggle with boredom and sitting in a space where we receive, which is feminine, which is creative, which is like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Well, if I go and be bored, maybe I can actually find out. That's an awesome question. Dude, I love that you asked that question. That's an awesome synthesis of two different topics. That's beautiful. Yeah, totally. Because we feel like we must be doing something. If we're not doing anything, we are inadequate. If we're doing anything feminine, passive, yin is inadequate or it's bad. And it's just such a stupid idea that we have to be always going. I used to have an obsession that I had to be working all the time. Therefore, that means when I was shitting on the toilet, I would be texting. I'd be doing something. I'd be responding to DMs. I'd be calling people, right? I got taught this thing by a, 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 a ex's father, right? Doctor, very, very intelligent guy. He had a system for talking to people on the toilet where he'd talk, chuck them on mute, drop off a couple of kids at the pool, right? Uh, unmute again, talk again. Mute, flush, wipe, get out, you know, the whole shabam. And he'd have this, like a whole system of doing it. It taught me. I did it for years as well. And the idea that you have to be busy all the time is crazy because it's feeding into exactly what you said, that if we have to be busy all the time, we actually don't have any time to think. And the most, if we talk about in business, right, we've got Abundant coming up. So for those of you who don't know, Abundant is the new event that we're running. So we've ran the Man Weekends. You've probably heard about them. The Man Weekends, uh, it's now, now named Uncommon. That's what it'll be called from, from moving forwards. But the whole point of the Man Weekends and Uncommon is to allow men to be totally unchained by every single limiting belief, every single thing, which is just holding them back from being the fucking highest level possible. Abundant is the next level up. Uh, and abundance, the whole purpose of that is to allow people to make more money, to have better relationships and to lead at a much, much higher level. Uh, and we already have a heap of really cool people who are coming to that. It's very, very limited. Uh, we will be releasing it at some stage, but for right now, only our inner circle will be invited. If you want information on it, we're more, more than happy to shoot you some info out anyway. And, um, with the, the purpose for it, for abundant is to allow people to absolutely dominate. But in order to dominate, you need to think. And one of the things that we get everybody to do at Abundant is to get crystal clear on exactly what they want and spending enough time and learning how to spend enough time to think and create. One of the things we're going to be talking about at Abundant is what I call efficiency dialers. Efficiency dialers are, let's say that you're making $50 an hour and you're working 40 hours a week. Well, how that gives you $2,000 a week, right? How do we make $2,000 in less time? We dial up the efficiency dollars. Therefore, if we turn our $50 an hour into $100 an hour, we work 20 hours a week. That gives us extra time and extra 20 hours to go and create and build and develop stuff, which is freaking awesome, right? And the only reason why the efficiency dollars can work is in the presence. We need to be able to be in and think. We need to be passive. We need to relax. We need to be able to have stillness of mind. Uh, there's a very famous philosopher and Roman emperor who I'm a big fan of by the name of Marcus Aurelius. If you haven't read Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, I highly encourage you to do so. And one of the recurring themes that he talks about is a healthy mind is a still mind. The only way you can be mentally healthy, the only way that you can lead massive change, and the only way that you can be an effective human being is by allowing yourself to have more time. And this whole thought around you need to be busy, you need to be doing stuff, hustle, grind, all this sort of stuff, 
is so stupid. No wonder we have rising mental health issues when every single person is trying to do shit all day, every single day. No one just sits around and chills anymore and thinks and creates beautiful ideas. Well, very few people, I shouldn't say no one, very few people do that. More people feel like we have to go out and do stuff and be like me and text and take phone calls while you're doing it too. It's like give yourself time to think because in the thoughts, that's the greatness. And if we look at us with JCF, like we grew JCF 252% last year and I went from working 70 hours a week down to 20 hours a week, right? It's pretty cool, right? We did pretty fucking well. And the only reason we were able to do that is because I booked out Thursdays. I stay now, book out Thursdays and I have a whole day of stillness on Thursdays where the only thing that I do is I sit and I think and I create. And funnily enough, our products have gotten so much better. Our ability to serve men has gotten so much better. Our results have gotten so much better and more people want to work with us or because I gave myself the time to think. Of course, before that, I have strategies around it and structure. It's not just like, oh, I'll think and go off with the pixies. There's a reason. That's what I have my mentors for and I pay them 300 grand a year to keep me on track with that. The Thursdays are for thinking and stillness. And when you have that, you're able to dial up all those efficiency dollars. So instead of making 50 bucks an hour, you make 100, 200, 500,000, 5,000, $10,000 an hour, and your whole progress just goes through the roof. Yeah. I, I think, I think it, like the mindset and anxiety problems, especially in like the men's world, we've had some pretty tough kind of news where I live, just all around men. And I'm like, the world talks about this problem like capitalism and wanting more and more. And I'm like, Sorry, guys, but the problem's not with wanting more. There's nothing wrong with wanting more. It's like if you just want more for the sake of more, that's a problem. That's the issue. You don't even know why you want more because you've spent no time receiving, understanding, or even asking yourself, like, what is it actually that I want? Why do I want that? Is this actually important to me? Rather than going, like, my next-door neighbor's got a, like, bigger car than I do. I'll either chop his... You know, chop his building down so it's as low as mine, or I'll just go cram as much work as I can in to make my building bigger. So I've got a, I've got a big, bigger swinging dip than that guy. I'm like, well, that's the problem with going forward. I'm like, well, that's an issue. Big time. They're showing up. They're showing up pretty big. Well, why is that being pushed out there? It's not, if we look at why that message is being pushed out there, it's coming from people who are what we would deem common. A common person is somebody who doesn't want to grow themselves, doesn't want to build, doesn't want to create anything amazing and wants to just tear other people down. That's what a common is. It's normal, tall poppy, all that sort of shit. An uncommon person is someone who wants to create something incredible and wants to be able to look back on their life and live it with no regrets whatsoever, with no insecurity, no fear, no limitations, no hesitations, nothing, and just be authentically them. That is super uncommon. Yeah. And- I, I want to touch on something that I think is quite quite special about you and I, and I'm interested to find out when it started to shift. And it, it was tweet, it piqued my interest because um, Marcus Newton from um, one of the Nortec boys, you know, yeah. absolute, absolute legend. Savage. He, he asked, like, you know, how do you deal with, with the hate that you get plastered with in the online space and Facebook? But I wanted to go one step deeper and be like, well, how did you let go of judgment? Like you, you said, you know, you've gone through the, the maybe one of the regrets that you have is that idea of like you actually like roasted some people online and did it this way. And you'll often say it's not because you're, you're not a bad person. You just did this and it's led to this. But how did you let go of like, well, that guy's an absolute tosser to being like, that's his thing. Like there's just letting that go, the anger, 
the judgment of what's wrong and right to get into a place of like now boring as hell so i got roasted online and deservedly so because i went and shat on a whole heap of other people and then they came back with way more followers than me and came and shat on me and um and i just remember getting thousands of hate messages right wow thousands of hate messages my inbox was there I had girls who were messaging Sov talking about previous partners that I had. This was next level. My brother got phone calls from people. Someone found my brother's phone number and thought about harassing him, right? That was the level to what it was. And you know what's weird is that that was all my fault. Every single thing that happened was all my fault because I instigated it and I had to look at myself after that. My initial knee-jerk response was, fuck all these guys are going to fucking ruin you. And I did my best to write to make their life unpleasant, a couple of them. And uh, yeah, okay, cool. I might have won a couple of things there. But in the end of the day, they were still living in my head rent-free. I was still anxious about it. I was still copying all these messages and I was still doing it. And in reality, it was all my fault. I learned a couple of things out of that. Number one, if you're going to say something online, do it fucking well. Dot your I's, cross your T's, don't go in half-assed, right? Because I left myself open for a few things where they, where they ping me on, rightly so. Number two, if you put out shit into the world, you're going to get shit back. Mightn't happen immediately, but it'll come. And so I was looking at that and I was like, huh, I've actually been a real prick. And every single thing that I got back, I deserved that. And tenfold more, like every single thing. And so from that moment, I started learning and started understanding myself. Why did I feel the need to make those posts? Why did I feel the need to go and do all this sort of shit? And pretty much every single time I shat on somebody, it was just out of my own insecurity. That was all it was. It was just that I wanted to bring their tower down because my tower wasn't big enough. Instead of congratulating them on theirs, ask them how they built it and build mine better, right? Which would be the smarter way to do because collaboration beats competition every single time. And so if we go back to where I was then, I was in a really unhealthy mental state. I was anxious. I was bipolar up and down all the time. My life was really, really tough because I was continually giving judgment and life smacked me around the head. You know, the expression we use, feather brick bus. First, when you're fucking up, life gives you a little tickle. It gives you a little feather. A few people come and start chirping at you online, call you out and stuff like that. You don't listen. You get a brick around the back of the head. You get called out. Something goes wrong. And then eventually you can get fucking smacked with a bus if you still don't keep listening, right? And that was my bus. And it caused me to change massively. So it wasn't out of like any moment of enlightenment. It was out of like the shittiest moment that was in my life at that stage. Probably one of the shittier moments I've had. And going getting hit by that bus made me really look at the way that I was acting and what I was doing to draw these people in and to attract people of such a nature. And it all came down to my judgment of others. And the more that I judged others, the more that I judged myself, the more that I judged others, the more that I put it out there, the more shit that I got coming back. And the judgment is just circular. And then I thought, well, what if I just cut the judgment? What if I just don't judge them? Like, really, who in the world needs my judgment? Why is it important for me to judge anybody on anything that they do? The answer is it's not. Not at all. It's not beneficial. It's not helpful. It's not going to build my tower bigger. So what the fuck's the point? And that's where we come back to the whole where you want to be, where you are. Is this moment that I'm going through right now, is me going and judging, is me going and doing X, Y, Z going to get me closer to or further away from where I want to be? And the answer for a lot of those things was further away. And so that's how I stopped it. 
Now, look, I'm still not perfect with it. Uh, and still, when somebody talks shit about me, I want to clap back like it's still there. And often it just takes a little moment of reflection. <sighs> Sit down. What do I really want? Where am I right now? Okay, cool. Fuck them. Like, who gives a shit? They can try and level me as much as they want to, but they're never actually going to win because instead of me going and having my old previous response of being angry and clapping back, it's more like, ah, they're going through some shit or they'll get their feather, then their brick, then their bus soon enough, and they're going through life. You know, yeah. that's just how it's going to be. But we cop a lot of shit. I got one this morning. Um, oh, <laughs> some, oh. Someone... someone um, uh, so some bloke who was, uh, uh, he saw one of our ads pop up and it was like, I, I actually laugh at this one. And he's like, fuck my life, James can't. Can you just fuck off? Like screenshot it, take me his story. I was like, dude, you do realize that in order to see our ads, you have to engage with our content because the Facebook algorithm won't pick you up unless you engage with my shit. Oh. And I just thought, I had a laugh. I didn't say anything back. I was kind of tempted to have a little smart-ass thing just to wind him up a little bit more, but yeah. I didn't. But it's like you look at people who are judging as like, dude, like you don't realize how much of a fucking idiot you look like right now. And it's like we've got, a, um, we've got one, one uh, video that we put out where I'm talking about you know guys who are doing really, really well in business, but the rest of their life is falling apart. And I get all these people who get really, really triggered by it. And if you go and look at them and look at the way that they're talking, they're all very successful and their lives are falling apart. And the whenever we cop hate, it's generally because I've hit a nerve with somebody and they're too insecure to actually recognize that and identify it and then move forwards and do something about it. So the easiest reaction rather than recognize that I have a deficiency within myself is to go and spurt hate out and get that anxiety, get that angst, get that feeling of insufficiency out instead of fixing the fucking problem. And so really now, if I look at it, yeah, okay, cool. First of all, there's always the part of me which wants to clap back, right? Definitely always is, always will be most likely, right? Unless I get full Zen and uh, reach enlightenment or whatever, which probably won't happen. Uh, but there's, there's, there's the first reaction. But then the second reaction, when I actually take two seconds to think about it, I'm like, oh, he's just a poor lost dude. Leave him alone, James. Don't like make his life any shittier than what it already is. Yeah, I think... That, that's that's key. It's amazing when you get there and you kind of go, and then you're like, oh, actually, hang on. And then you go a little bit deeper, and then suddenly empathy develops, and you're like, fuck. Maybe he's just broken up with his girlfriend. Maybe he's just lost his job. Maybe he's just having a real shit time. Maybe he hasn't had the opportunities that I have to even just learn these things to enjoy a more boring life. And it's like, then it, it hurts a little bit more, actually. You're like, far out. I feel for this fella. But what I... I think if there was a formula, uh, it'd, it'd be out there already. But what do you think it is that changes the guy who will continually live in that, fuck, I'm taking a screenshot, I'm going to waste five minutes of my life and tell this guy how much of a dick he is, to then going, huh, I'm just going to let that go. And what's the point in judging that? I'm just going to move on. What do you reckon I it is? If we look, like, in order to be able to comment, like, People always do things for a reason. And in order for us to take action, there has to be a certain pain or reward which prompts us to take action. If somebody is marketing online and they're doing what we call beef marketing, which is where you just talk shit on everyone else and then hope that people like you out of it, 
yeah, they're, they're going to make money out of it. Some people have built big businesses on that. In the fitness industry, they're famous for it. Like beef marketing is is like the thing at the moment. It's what they all do. Um, but on that, too, there's a funny, on a side note, there's a, there's a really good marketer by the name of Frank Kern. And oh, he yeah. always says, I, always, I often find that people who are carrying pitchforks and torches often don't make the best customers. So if you're just inciting violence and hate, generally you don't make as much money as what you could if you were just positive and you inspired people, right, and got them to think yeah. in a different way. Um, but anyway, so there's the first motivation is someone who is just wanting to make money out of it. And you know what I find hilarious on that is that so many people follow these guys who do beef marketing. And they say, oh, yeah, you're changing the industry. You're calling out all the BS. You're doing all this stuff. Go for you. Call out all those people. And I'm like, dude, like he's just doing this to make money off you. He's not doing it for you. He's not the people's champion. The people's champion kills ideas, not people, right? If every time you go and you call somebody out, that means you're just attacking a person individually. Don't attack the person. Attack the idea behind the person that makes sense attacking the person only causes more hate and more angst but killing the idea doesn't right well it's even like not necessarily killing it but like challenging that challenging idea. it yeah totally and so that's and the first thing it's like oh, fuck don't follow that shit please don't because it's not doing any good for you not doing any good for humanity only doing good for the person who's utilizing beef marketing right and so that was the that was the first bit what was the second thing that was going jeez i've got a big tangent there um, <laughs> why, yeah. what is it that takes these people yeah. Uh, yeah. What, 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 why do they do this um, uh, Alan no need to call out names um, I just saw that in the comment section but um, if we look at why the, the second reason why somebody does things other than for profit the second thing why people do it is to move their own insecurity onto something else because something that somebody said has incited a pain or an unresolved issue within themselves. They don't know how to deal with it, so they just lash out, right? It's like when you get home from work after a massive day and you're fucking exhausted and your wife comes in and says, hey, honey, how's your day? Fuck off, right? <laughs> because it's totally irrational and totally unreasonable and it doesn't make any sense because it doesn't make your situation any better. It doesn't make anybody's situation any better. All you do is transfer hate and that's it because – Emotion is energy in motion, right? And this energy that we have within these emotions, if it is not transformed, it's transmitted onto somebody else and we keep passing it around. And so if we read something and we're triggered by it and something impacts us, the most common response is to just go and pass it on. Like when someone calls me out and calls me out my shit, I want to just go and clap back. Or I can transform that information, push it into that, that, that energy and that emotion, information, transform it into something which is going to be more positive and then let it go. That, uh, I think you've touched on something massively that we, I kind of asked earlier about like Sophie and how she reflected things to you. But she was the, it sounds like you were at a real good point in your life where you were happy, not happy, but in a place where Sophie could reflect back, slap you for it, and you could actually sit and go, Rather than going, screw you, like you're a dick for telling me the truth, you could actually go, ooh, okay, okay, that's in me. How do I, how do I move this? How do I reflect on this? How do I make this into something else and then let it go? And I think, I think for men, I'll be honest, I think 99% of people want to be in a relationship that they love and enjoy. And I think for men that that is one of the biggest 
challenging things. It was, and I'm going to butcher this quote, but it was it was actually a little meme thing that I saw. And it, and that, gosh, if you're especially if you're a woman listening to this as well, it's it's a little bit kind of on the on the edge. But it was like women's purpose is to help bring men to their to their light to their purpose. Man's purpose is to protect women so they can roam the earth and do it. And it was just this real beautiful piece because I was like, man, women are so powerful in doing that and bringing men's awareness to all their all their dark spaces, all the pieces that create those arguments, that create the lashings, that create the outbursts. And if men could really sit in that space and not just go, go, go all the time, they could have the opportunity to go, okay, what is this woman showing me? How is she showing it to me? What can I learn from it? And I think it was just a, it was a very, not saying that that is woman's purpose to bring the, you know, men's light out of them, but they are so good at it. And it is such a good thing. It's such a gift when we can as men do it. And to the men listening, like there's a relationship sitting in there that could just, that's, you know, dynamite. 100%. There's nothing more incredible than someone who's able to be feminine at that high level. It's the most empowering thing you can have, particularly yeah. as a man. Yeah. Very powerful thing. Well, man, like, I appreciate you. I appreciate the time and I appreciate you sharing these bits of your life as well and these lessons that you've learned and, and how they've impacted you. I think it's awesome. Thank you too, dude. Those are dope questions. You got me thinking. I like it. Don't often get to think this much. This is cool. Yeah. We'll pull it out. We'll pull them all out. Yeah, and and to the guys, like if if they want to know other things and they have questions that they'd love to ask, I'd love you to put some comments up as well, so we can bring these into these and really, really peel the layers off um off the man that is James and, and find out the good bits and the bad and the bad. There's plenty of bad. Um, if you if you want to learn anything about me or my thoughts on anything, please feel free to comment. Just like Alan's been doing. Dude, I love your comments. By the way, shout out to Alan Willis. Like, you're a legend, dude. Alan just said something, something about the, about the feminine. He just said they're good at bringing the unconscious conscious, but some of them just aren't good with what comes up. I love that, dude. Well said. Well fucking Amazing. said. I'll start that. I'll start Amazing. that so it can come on the yeah. screen. Like, that's dope. Um, I, I love that. What a, great, what a brilliant way to finish. But, yeah, dude, guys, hopefully um, the reason why we're sharing this, the reason why we're doing this is one of the things that I'd like to do before I die is disperse all of the information that I've learned over the years. So a little backstory on me. I had a mentor who actually helped me pull it, pulled me out of having bipolar anxiety, like suicidal thoughts, uh, like massive bad, massively bad digestive issues. And before he could, before he did, not could, before he did teach everyone everything that he knew, uh, he died, right? And he just, he never put everything down. And so I've accumulated a lot of knowledge from and a lot of amazing people. And so what I'm going to try and do is leave it here for you guys before I die. Because I will die eventually. I don't know when, but it'll happen at some stage. And I don't want to be make the same mistake as him of not getting out valuable information that would be helpful for the world. Um, so if you have anything that you want to learn or anything we can help you with, feel free to comment on it. Like the areas where we can help you between Josh and I are number one, how to make more money. Number two, how to be more fulfilled within your job and actually really do what you want to do. Like make more money and love what you do because funnily enough, it's much easier to make a shitload of money when you're good at something and it's way easier to be really good at something when you love what you do. Right? And so we're happy to help you out there. 
uh, in terms of getting relationships better, having better connection with your partners, your loved ones and with your kids uh, and making it so that you feel incredible every single day. You have energy. You feel like you're full of vitality. You feel like your life is full and you're moving forwards every single day with purpose and happiness and you don't have anxiety. You don't have depression and you don't have these mood swings losing your shit at stuff which you shouldn't lose your shit at. If there's anything that you want us to discuss in that, more than happy to and I'm also happy to answer any personal questions that you have. Cool. Shall we wrap it up there? Yeah, mate. Big love to you. Thanks a lot. Yeah, right back at you, man. Much love. And thank you very much for everyone for tuning in. I hope you got something out of this. Speak to you soon, guys. I hope you enjoyed the video. If you got something out of it and you want to learn more, click the link below or type in High Performance Conversations with James Can, and you'll be able to check out all the podcasts that we've done. We cover a stack of different topics, everything from getting your mojo back, overcoming anxiety, self-doubt, self-esteem, and learning from some of the industries and some of the world's top performers in both business and in health. Look forward to having you on there.